seconds left. Boston only has a one-point lead. Greer is putting the ball on a play. He gets it out deep and Havlicek steals it. from the parking lot, and Vermont has a 59-55 lead. Swung line drive, let's see him. One run is in. Here comes Green. Here's the throw to the plate. He is safe. Braves win. Braves win. Braves win. Braves win. Braves win. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. I just got three things to say. God bless our troops. God bless America. And gentlemen, start your engine! It's showtime. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, and sports enthusiasts from around the world. This is the podcast you have all been waiting for. Whether listening in the car, on your morning drive, or with one earbud in at the office, this is the sports show that has it all. From pro wrestling to the octagon, from the gridiron to the baseball diamond, from the pitch to the ice, it's all here. You have tuned in to Mount Sterling's most downloaded podcast that drops on Saturdays at 3 a.m. This is not your average podcast. This is From Corner to Corner. And now, here are your hosts. Sean Big Papa Kuyper, Wes Redman Crouch, Adam Big Country Muncie, and Neil Mulletman Payne. From the Backroom Studios, it's Corner to Corner with your hosts, Sean Kuyper and Neil Payne. Man, I got the goosies. The goosies. They're all over. I got goosies on my goosies. Oh, my gosh. Dude, four years, right? Four years. WrestleMania, what, 33? 33, I think it was. We've been talking about this for a long time. It has been many conversations. Yeah. I don't know. uh, So many times it was like, it just never happened. It just never happened. Right. We uh, We have thought up these plans and... It just never came to fruition, and uh, we talked about it, talked about it, and finally the other day we said, you know what, this is where the rubber meets the road. If we're not if we're not going to do it now, then we need to just stop talking about it. A hundred percent. Of course, what's motivated me is I've started listening to podcasts, and then I'm like, we talk about podcasts, and then we're like, we really need to do our podcast, and here we are. We're recording episode one in the backroom studios right now. I'm pumped. <laughs> like I said, gooseys. Uh. So this topic, if you listen to our trailer, you're, you know that at this point, uh, we're talking about the 1992 Royal Rumble. Uh, it was for the WWF Championship at that time, which Ric Flair won. He did. A lot of that had to do with the fact that Hulk Hogan picked or pulled Sid Justice out of the ring. He did. And helped Ric Flair win. And uh, what... I think the WWE would like for you to forget is that whenever Sid tossed Hogan over the ropes, uh, he got the cheer from the crowd. The crowd was excited about that. And then Hogan got the booze 
when he pulled Sid out. He did. So, you know, uh, I have seen Sid has done interviews since then where he has he has said himself that the crowd was hot. They were excited whenever uh, he threw he threw Hulk out, and uh, that they were not so excited whenever Hulk pulled Sid out. But of course, you know, we know then that Hulk was the golden goose. He was the money maker. So uh, I don't know that Vince would have allowed Hulk to turn heel then, but All right, we can. So that's the whole premise of our show, guys and gals. We want to take and rewrite some of the biggest uh, wrestling moments in history and think about, man, what would it look like if they did it this way? And I, I tell you what, I'm kind of pumped. We've got a great list of uh, moments that we're going to be working through on this. This is the moment that started pretty much the whole conversation on the podcast. We debated on doing it a couple of different ways, but I think every time that we thought about it, we just come back to how can we not do this episode one where it's, this is where it all started. So, um, you know, hold on for the ride. We're going to uh, kick this thing off with the Royal Rumble in 1992 and uh, just let your imagination flow. We're hoping that we're going to spark some emotion. Uh, if you have questions or uh, comments, you can uh, reach us on our Facebook page, um, which is Corner to Corner Podcast, and uh, we would love to uh, hear the feedback, uh, negative or positive. So, let's go, man. Let's go. Ric Flair just won the Royal Rumble. Ric Flair. And is the new champion. Just won the Royal Rumble. He is the new champion. You have a confrontation at ringside between Hogan and, uh, and, uh, Sid. They're, they're, they're going back and forth. They're jawing. Uh, Flair's in the back cutting his, uh, one of his more iconic promos that he cut. Uh, and, and then we're off the air. Uh, you know, there wasn't, weekly television like there is today uh you know there were wrestling challenges and saturday night main events and and things of that nature but nothing like the raws and smackdowns and AEW dynamites and nitros and things like that that there are today so fans were really left with what next until the next pay-per-view in, unless they were coming to your town uh, for a for a house show. So we have taken the creative pen. The booking hat is on our head. And we have rewritten history. Right. And back then, there was only four pay-per-views a year. We, we didn't have the 12 pay-per-views, right. uh, the, the one every month. Uh, you know, of course, it wouldn't be, but just a couple of years later, they would start the in-your-house shows. But, you know, that was still several years down the road. And we're so. almost exactly a year away from the debut episode of Monday Night Raw. Right. The, the debut episode of Monday Night Raw was January 11th, 1993. So right. we're just a little over a year away from, from there being a weekly television show. Right. So one of the things about this whole thing that got us started talking about this is we know what kind of an impact... Hogan turning heel in WCW did uh, with the Outsiders. And, and we know that that started a run for WCW where they, you know, put a hurting on the WWE for a long time. And we kind of think 
they may have overlooked an opportunity uh, with their cash cow here. Because, I mean, Hogan winds up leaving the WWF not long after this. Um, you know, if they make this move and he becomes a heel at that point, I mean, there's no NWO. There's no uh, 83 weeks. I mean, I, a I lot would, of things could change. I would dare to say that there is no Monday Night War. Because yeah. uh, when Hogan flopped to WCW, uh, he was still... The big fish. He right. he he was he was the moneymaker. And even the night that he turned heel, he was coming to be the good guy. He was coming to save them. He was. And then all of a sudden, it changed. He ripped the hearts of all his Hulkamaniacs right out. Right, right. So, all right. So now, um, Hogan's going to disappear. Right. He's 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 going to go away. Uh, he is distraught over uh, being. Pulled out of the rink, uh, he thinks he should have won, and he believes that uh, the better man is currently not the champion. So he just goes away. And at house shows and your, uh, you know, what limited TV spots there are, Hogan's just not around. So uh, in the meantime, you have Flair and Sid are going back and forth over that over that world title, leading to a match at WrestleMania for for the world title. And who wins that match? Well, I think with my booking hat on, I think if if you uh, if 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 we're going to turn Hogan heel, much like he did in WCW, he has to come out and be the good guy, right? At least in the beginning. So you have Sid, who has you know fought tooth and nail to get uh, to to get the upper hand on Ric Flair. Uh, he finally hits that devastating power bomb, pins Ric Flair. Gets the three count, main event of WrestleMania, arm raised. Well, then lo and behold, the Heenan family that Ric Flair is a part of jumps in the ring and they start beating Sid down. Which is what they would do. That's exactly what they would do. Not happy. So you got, you could have Luger there. You could have, of course, Flair. You could have Mr. Mr. Perfect. Perfect. You know, there, there, there's three. I mean, if those three guys jump in the ring, it doesn't matter if you're Sid Justice or not. They're they're going to take you down, right? So you have you have those three in the ring. They're taking they're taking Sid down, and then real American on the loudspeaker. Here comes Hogan doing his Hogan stuff as he walks to the ring. He's, crowd erupts. Crowd erupts. He's pointing and he and he's doing the body presses and all that. He comes to the ring. What do they do? They scatter because that's because that's what heels do, right? They scatter. Right. He 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 helps he he, he helps Sid up. Sid dazed, he grabs the title, gives Sid the title. Looks like, hey, he's raising his hand. It looks like it's the 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 accepting, the passing of the torch, so to speak. And what does Hulk do? Hits him with the big boot. Just boots him. Sid's just went through a match with Ric Flair, got beat down by the Heenan family. Now he got booted by Hogan. Hogan grab Hogan, being Hogan, would grab the mic and demand himself get a title shot right then. I mean, we've seen it happen before. Yep. So Hogan would demand a title shot. And then at that point, it's easy pickings. I mean, because Sid's already done. He would, he'd hit the leg drop on him. He'd, he'd get the three count. He'd, he'd become the new world champion. And then he would cut a promo that basically said, I don't need you fans. Similar to what he said in 1996. This time he doesn't have the NWO with him. 
Right. He tells he tells the fans, he tells all the wrestlers in the back, everybody is jealous of him. He's the moneymaker. Their paychecks depend on him. Uh, he's He is the golden goose. He is... He's he, the main event. He's the man. There is no show without Hulk Hogan. There's no WWF without Hulk Hogan. And he knows it. And he wants to make sure the fans know it and the wrestlers know it. And he basically would tell the fans that, I don't need you. So the fans are crushed. They're devastated. They, they've been drinking their milk, eating their vitamins, saying uh, their prayers for uh, years. And and they were they hung on every word he said. I mean, just plumb down from when he said he was going to slam Andre to this moment right here. The what what Hulk Hogan said went. I mean, it was it was bottom line. Hulk Hogan was the man, and he just told his fans, "I don't need you. I don't want you to cheer for me anymore." And so, I mean. Back in the early 90s, fans threw stuff in the ring. Oh, so, I'm sure so. it would have been littered with trash. <laughs> He's getting hammered with bottles and trash and everything And I else. could see Mean Gene hopping in the ring and saying, Hulkster, what are you talking about? What are you doing, Hulkster? And doesn't care. He would t- he, he'd probably tell Mean Gene, get out of the ring, Mean Gene. I don't, I don't even want you to hold the microphone for me. Yeah. Just, I'm done. I don't need anybody. And then that would lead us. Of course, these house shows and uh, what what uh, TV tapings there were, it would be Hogan just cutting more promos. Of course, the big thing is Hogan would have to change his look up. Right. He couldn't no be... No more yellow and gold could, or yellow and red. Could not be yellow and red anymore. So I, I've, I've tossed this around. I think he would have to go green. Green is the color of money. Green is the color of envy and jealousy. And he thinks everybody in the business is jealous and envious of him. Yeah, green, green and black, green and white, something like that. But yeah, the green is the cash. Yeah, he. I mean, because 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 that's what he is. He is the cash. Uh, so and then uh, in, in in these in these shows, he would he would he'd cut these promos and he'd bash the fans, and he would probably be approached by some of his former friends. You know, your Brutus Beefcakes, your Big Boss Man. You know, th- guys that he used to hang out with. Uh, and of course, what would Hulk have to do? Mow him right over. He would have to go right through yeah. and uh, show no emotion. There was no pandering to the crowd. There was no flexing his muscles. There was no uh, hulking up. He didn't need to hulk up. Right. Because this new Hogan wasn't getting beat down. Right. He was, he was you know, you hear about the five moves of doom. Well, he was hitting you with five moves and the match was over. Uh, so you know he would run through a a plethora of you know your enhancement talent, your openers, probably even some of your mid carders. You know he might, you know you uh, Roddy Piper for example was on his way out uh, in '92. Uh, he might go over a Roddy Piper, uh, you know maybe a Davy Boy Smith if, if if we wanted to do bigger names. But I would say he would probably stay on the. On the lower end of that, uh, of course, you know, like I said, he has to have run-ins at, somewhere with those friends, and he and he has to tell them, "I don't have to justify anything to you. You've rode my coattails for years. I'm losing dead weight. Right. No more riding my coattails. You're on your own, pal. Right. And 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 evil Hogan is well on his way at this point. No doubt. So, see it obviously is. 
going to come back, right? Oh, and he, yeah. It's Sid is Sid because Sid, Sid was different. Sid was pretty over back then, anyways. Well, and and he was, and and actually, even though they wanted him to be a heel, he was still pretty much a face. He was, and if you go back even further, back in the NW, in, you know, uh, in the late NWA, early WCW, when he even when he was a member of the Four Horsemen. He was still one of the most over guys on the roster. And we've discussed this. I don't get it. I don't either. Like, he was a mean guy. Well, and, and he did, he had the look he, of a mean he, guy. Well, I mean, but the when fans he, loved him. When he came back to the WWE the second time, his gimmick was that he was psycho. He yeah. was psycho Sid. Yeah. So. And he was a little psycho. I, he was crazy. Yeah. And, you know, you, you wonder was that legit Sid? Was that Sid playing the character? Yeah. When you when the lines are blurred that much, you're really good at your you're really good at your job. No doubt. No doubt. So that does. That brings us to SummerSlam ninety two. And as we know, SummerSlam ninety two was in Wembley Stadium. Uh, it was main evented by Bret Hart and Davey yeah. Boy Smith for the Intercontinental Belt. So funny story, I was uh, doing a little bit of research on this the other day. It wasn't supposed to be there. It was supposed to be at a place in uh, Texas. But when Vince got the call for the opportunity to go to Wembley Stadium, he dropped the other place like a hot potato. And he's like, man, I can't pass down the gate at Wembley Stadium. Which, I mean, it was a sellout crowd. Right. I mean, crazy. I mean, it was... Of course, they always do the European tours anyways. Generally after... um, WrestleMania. So, but, I mean, what a crowd that was. What a great crowd. And, you know, and the SummerSlam 92, Bret Hart, Davey Boy Smith, great main event. But Hogan turned heel a few months ago. That's no longer the main event. Absolutely. Hogan's got the world title. He's evil. All right. He's the bad guy. He's the money man. He's in the main event match. Uh, So, I think... Hogan would come back out because, I mean, we're going to start every show with Hulk Hogan because we're going to give Hulk a chance to just run down every crowd that he's in front of. We really want him getting that white hot heat. All right. We want him just to get booed like an old school heel would get booed. Roddy Piper in the in the early 80s boo. Like right. we want him to get booed. And he would probably come out, and I think this would be a good time for him to cut a promo and talk about we – have unfinished business. He would start saying we. So your wheels start turning. Who would the we be? Because Hulk's always surrounded himself with guys. You go back and look at his whole career. He's had guys. All right. So Hulk has been by himself for four months now. You got to be thinking who's going to help him. Who's going to help him. So. Because he ain't losing that belt. He's not. He's he's not losing it. At least, at least not this early. Okay. So. Main event, of course, we know who it's going to be. It's Sid versus Hogan. Right. That's the money match. All right? So we have the main event. Sid might be the only person in the WWF at the time that can stand toe-to-toe with Hulk Hogan. Right. Size, strength, stature can stand toe-to-toe with him. So they've got they've had a good back-and-forth match. He's starting to get the upper hand. Looks like he's getting ready to reclaim that world title that he got taken from him. I mean, he was he was world champion for just a hot minute. And then then you hear that rumbling music. You do. <laughs> Everybody starts looking. 
Well, here come the natural disasters. They're the tag team champions. What are they doing? So then, as every good match in the 90s happens, what happens to the official? He somehow gets inadvertently hit. Yeah, because he's laying over there underneath the right. turnbuckle. And then, wouldn't you know it, Earthquake and Typhoon jump in the ring, and they beat Sid down worse than the Heenan family was. And it's at that moment that you realize Hogan has teamed up with one of the guys that he fought with for so many years in Earthquake, and he's re and he and he, and he has rekindled the friendship with Typhoon. Uh, him and uh, him him and Typhoon were buddies when Typhoon was tugboat. Typhoon turned heel. I believe he actually may have turned heel on Hulk Hogan. Uh, and now the natural disasters. The WWF Tag Team Champions. With Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. With Mouth of the House, Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. And then, you know, of course, the ref doesn't hear Jimmy. Does and, not. I mean, on the megaphone. Man. Get him, baby! Get him, baby! How could he possibly not hear that? No. But, I mean, he is unconscious. So, Hogan, as Hogan would, lean back in the corner, smug, got a smirk on his face, lets the natural disasters do his dirty work, drops the leg drop on him. Earth- All of a sudden, the ref is back. Earthquake smacks the ref around, wakes him up, and uh, he counts the three. Earl Hebner probably is who it is. He counts the three, uh, and we see that they're officially together as a, as a faction now. And after the match, Hogan says, we're not finished. Um, so, you know, and then that would, that would wrap up SummerSlam and we're, we're hot on the road to, to, to Survivor Series. Um, and during this, you would have a lot of the same stuff. It would just be Hulk Hogan and the natural disasters. They would continue to beat up on talent. Uh, you know, and that would, that would lead us to a Survivor Series match. Yeah, because that's what it has to be. That was back in the day when we did traditional Survivor Series. Right, matches. five on five on five, the four good guys four, versus five five. Yes. <laughs> the bad guys. Yes, good good versus evil, man. And and we are, you know, so we have we have Sid somewhere along this road. He tells Hulk, he cuts a promo on him, and he says, "This is it. I'm tired. You bring your best guys. I'm going to bring my best guys. If I can't beat you, I don't even deserve to be in the WWF." It's like, did we just, is this a loser leaves town match? Oh my gosh. Team Captain Hogan versus Team Captain Sid, where the, where the team captain leaves, leaves town? I mean, that's big stakes. That's huge stakes. So, so of course, you know, with the, with, with those stakes, you know, you, the world title's not going to be on the line because this is more than the world title at this point. This is, this is retribution. This is redemption. Uh, this is you have you have stolen the world title from me. I'm taking your job from you. I mean that that is that is Sid's mindset at this point. So you know Sid would probably pick guys. You know if he had to pick three guys to be on a four man team, he would probably pick. Uh, if you know if you think because Hogan's going to have the natural disasters, right? So to offset the natural disasters, he would probably pick a team like. Oh, what a rush. The Legion of Doom. I mean, if if you're going to pick two guys to battle two behemoths like the Disasters, it's got to be the Legion of Doom, right? Right. No doubt. Um, And at this time, if you remember, Perfect had turned face. He had turned on the Heenan family. And he was a good guy. So I could see see Sid going with Perfect. Yeah. Not much better worker in the ring. 
I mean, he's right. He is simply perfection. Um, Hogan's going to pull a fast one though, as Hogan would, and he's not going to tell you who the mystery partner is going to be. Because why would he? He's Hulk Hogan. He doesn't have to tell you. Right. So then we are Survivor Series 1992. And in the main event of Survivor Series 1992, do you know what the main event of Survivor Series 1992 was, Sean? I'm thinking it was uh, Hogan Taker, right? I believe that was 91. Survivor Series 91. I'm a year late. Survivor Series 92, if I'm correct, and I might not be, and if I'm if I'm not right, please somebody correct me on this. I believe it was Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels for the world title. Flair had just dropped the world title to Bret Hart and finished up his 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 short WWF run, and he was on a jet back back down south, joining back up with WCW. Uh, but again, this isn't how, how it worked out. You know, we got the Booker hat on. Things are different. So instead of Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels for the world title, at, at Survivor Series 92, they're battling for the Intercontinental title. And they had some, some really, 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 really good matches, uh, especially in the early 90s. No doubt. Uh, back and forth when they were feuding over the world title and the Intercontinental title. And those, of course, would lead to the matches that they would have in the later 90s uh, between DX and the Hart Foundation and all that, which brings us to a topic we'll cover later on down the road. But uh, so, Brett, Sean, instant classic. You know, I mean, you know it's going to be. Anytime these guys are in the ring, you know it's going to be. And then all of a sudden, you look. Down the down the entryway, and coming up the aisle is Ted DiBiase. What's Ted DiBiase doing here? He has no business here. Ted DiBiase walk, walks up to referee Mike Kyoto. He's the one doing the, doing the match. He calls Mike over to the ring to the to the ropes. Sticks something in his pocket. Mike Kyoto falls down. Million dollar man's got money. He can buy anything. Anything he wants. He just bought... Everything's got a price. Everything's got a price for a million dollar man. He just bought the referee falling out. <laughs> so Mike Kyoto falls down. Then then the natural disasters come back down. It all starts... It's all starting to click, right? So the natural disasters beat down Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels hits him with a super kick. They put Shawn Michaels on top of him. Mike Kyoto wakes back up. Three count, HBK is the new Intercontinental Champion. Well, here comes, here comes Hulk Money Man Hogan down to the ring. He hands Shawn Michaels the belt. They embrace. You're like, oh God, now Hogan has the natural disasters. He has HBK. And apparently. And apparently he's being funded by the million dollar man. Is this the new. Million dollar corporation? So they've got all the gold. They got all the gold. And I mean they have the world title, the intercontinental title, the tag team titles, and we can't forget about that million dollar title. Right. I mean they have they have all of it. And they have 
they have Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase's money. So is Sean playing double duty in the main event? Question mark. Hmm? Sean could. We're gonna let the million dollar man fill in that spot. He hasn't he he hasn't retired from the ring yet. But Sean Sean's definitely gonna be around ringside. No doubt. And of course, you know, it's a good match, as it should be, but it's gonna come down to who? Sid and Hogan. Sid and Hogan. That's who it's gotta come down to. And like a good heel always does back in the early nineties. They always cheat to win. No doubt. Off a distraction, sensational Sherry could jump up on the ring apron. Could because I don't think that I don't think Sean had got rid of her yet. Because Diesel hasn't come come around yet. Diesel's still a few months away. So you may have sensational Sherry jump on the, up on the ring apron and distract the referee. Michaels jumps in, super kicks Sid. Hogan hits him with a leg drop. One, two, three. Hogan and his cronies are all in the ring. They're celebrating. They just Sid's gone. Sid's gone. They just wrote Sid off into the sunset. Uh, and this was about the time. It's a, it's a few months later, but it's about the time that Sid actually had a failed drug test, and he was gone from the WWF anyway. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, <laughs> Hogan turning heel, uh, I guess, kept Sid clean for 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 a few more months anyway. I mean, even though we're fantasy writing a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of these things really did happen, right? right. Sid really did leave, mm-hmm. you know. So that that ending kind of wrote itself, right? Right. So we're not just like going so far off the radar that this stuff doesn't make sense. I mean, that's kind of the point of what we're doing. We're just making little tweaks to the path of history, right? To Maybe change the path and the direction of uh, how this kind of would turn out, right? I right. Mean, that, that's that's kind of where we're at. That, that, that's that's the whole point of what, what we're doing is, is like, there's nothing wrong with the way it transpired in real life. Right. But we think they missed an opportunity. Oh, I think there was a huge opportunity that was missed. And I mean... Would it have been the guys that we have? I don't know. But you know that it would have been a faction because, you know, the factions were kind of a big thing back then. You they know? were. And and I definitely think in terms of heels, there were there was definitely power in numbers. So you look at a faction. He's, he has, now it's Hogan. It's the Natural Disasters. It's Shawn Michaels. It's Ted DiBiase. All right, there's five guys. There, I mean, legitimate uh World champions, uh, tag team champion, intercontinental champion. I mean, Ted DiBiase, just great work in the ring. So, I mean, you know, they would finish out the year just continuing to roughhouse. I right. mean, just running over right. people. Um, and it would lead up to the very first episode of Monday Night Raw. And, of course, Monday Night Raw, January 13th, January 11th, excuse me, 1993, on USA has to open with Hogan in the ring. Has to open. Has to open with him. But at this point, it has to be who's going to challenge him now. Well, so he is. Uh, so he's in the ring again, doing his his typical his typical shtick that he always does. Uh, of course, Million Dollar Man has kind of taken over the mouthpiece of the group. Uh, you know, because he's still gold on the mic. So they're running everybody down and talking about their accolades and they're unstoppable. I don't know that this wrestler has this entrance music yet, but in this booking he does. And about that time, that gong would hit. 
And it was time for the dead man to walk to the ring. Ooh, goosies again, man. <laughs> so, and you got the Undertaker being led by Paul Bear. And he gets right in the ring. He stands across the ring from the Million Dollar Corporation. And he just stares at him. Because that's what the Undertaker would do. Right. Paul Bear reminds Hogan that two short years ago, less than two short years ago, a rookie Undertaker beat Hogan for the world title. And he tells him at Royal Rumble, Hogan, my Undertaker is going to do it again. And of course, you know, I mean, they got to be a little nervous, right? You're standing across the ring from a guy that might be dead. I mean, he's he was still, at this point, he was still kind of freaky. He was. Right? Fans were afraid of him. Right. But he he was he was garnering a little bit of face, you know, attention. I mean, he he was starting to become pretty popular. Well, and you know, we have talked about this before, Sean, that when when Hogan and Taker wrestled at Survivor Series 91, and Taker beat Hogan. Of course, it was it was a wonky ending. Okay, I believe Ric Flair got involved, but neither here nor there. Undertaker was starting to get cheered, and, and he's even said in interviews it was a fifty fifty crowd. And his mind was blown. He right. said, "Because here I am in the ring with the megastar, right, and I'm getting cheered just as much as he is." Yeah. So, which kind of leads you to believe that. This is just a couple of months prior to the Royal Rumble happening. That the fans are already kind of over Hogan. I think so, and I think I think that hammers home the the fact that they could have got a lot more miles out of the Hulkster with a with a with a heel turn. Now we know that's not creative's mo is in the WWE is to put a title on a heel. They don't like heels holding titles very often. And they definitely don't want their cash cow to be a heel. They definitely don't want their cash cow. I.e. John Cena. Right. Never was a heel. Never was a heel. 15 years, the face of the company. Yeah. And to this day, could still be the face of the company. 100%. And not be a heel. And so, it would have been a very bold move at this point. Right. But, I mean, and, and, and this could play out a million different ways. But we have... What I think is a beautiful storyline up until this point. Right. So we have Undertaker has come out and he has laid down the challenge. I believe, and I don't. I'm pulling this name out of the out of the way back memory bank. President Jack Tooney, I think, was the president of the on screen president of WWE at the time. Yeah, I, th- I think you're. I think you're right. And of course, Jack Jack Tooney would come out. If he came out then, he may, it may be something that was pre-recorded, and he would announce at Royal Rumble, we're getting Taker, Hogan. But all the other million-dollar corporation members, they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to wrestle for the. I mean, they're still champions at this point, right? Um, and fun fact: this is the first Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble 1993, that the winner. Gets a world title shot at WrestleMania. Right. So there's a lot on the line for everybody. I mean, you know, Hogan's henchmen, they want to preserve Hogan's world title. I mean, he's he's their cash cow. He's 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 their draw. He affects their paycheck. But 
the possibility of being world champion and getting world champion pay is also very intriguing. Right. So, uh, I mean, so then that, you know, there's, you have your, you have your go home shows to, to, uh, you know, the, the Royal Rumble, I believe at that point was about two weeks away. So you have your, you have your, it's generally end of January, right. somewhere in that. You, range. you, you have your, your typical lead up to a pay per view. They, you know, all your champions wrestle, and they, you know, everybody's on shows, and they cut promos. Uh, so that brings us to the Royal Rumble, nineteen ninety three, and of course, the main event we got, we got Hogan and Taker. I think an interesting twist. You look, this has been about a year in the making right now. So. Um, Hogan has been with the Natural Disaster six months at this point. Uh, he's been with HBK. He's been with part of the group for about three. Um, as factions usually do in wrestling, it's about time for those cracks to to to, right. to, to start appearing. Um, and you know, and and that could have happened along the way. Um, you know, um, causing teams to get beat and things like that in matches leading up to the Rumble. Uh, and I think you know, it's about time that. The natural disasters probably lose the tag team titles. They've 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 held the tag team titles at this point for about a year, close to it. Um, so you know, there's plenty of tag teams. If 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 you remember tag team wrestling in 1993, there were plenty of tag teams yeah. in the WWE. And most likely, it's going to be the Legion of Doom, Legion of Doom, or the Steiners. The Steiners right. were there. Uh, so either one of those teams probably take the belt off of them. Right. Uh, we're not focusing on the natural disasters at this point. It's uh, it's 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 Hogan. Uh, HBK probably defends his Intercontinental title against a guy like a face Razor Ramon. I know you don't like that idea. Uh, you, you think Razor is a natural heel. Uh, I think a face Razor Ramon, especially since you've turned Hogan, I think a face Razor Ramon makes a lot of sense. Right. And you know, it's funny because when we were talking about notes and stuff on this, I was like, well, that'd be the first thing I'd argue with you about. But, you know, uh, looking into you know, and and listening, doing some of the research and stuff that I've done is he was way more over than I ever thought he was. Like he went, uh, I mean, Jeff Jarrett won his first intercontinental title against Razor Ramon. Him and Razor had, you know, a lot back and forth. They, they, they swapped a lot of belts back and forth. And, you know, of course at that point, you know, double J was a huge heel um coming coming into uh, all of that so obviously razor um I, I guess i just never remembered him being that big of a face and uh i do remember him and Shawn michaels at wrestlemania 10 and the in the intercontinental title match ladder match burn the house down i mean it was an incredible match so I do remember all that. So I'm going to back off on my thought a little bit. I do think now, after the research I did, Razor Ramon probably does make a lot of sense. And and we're going to have Sid. We're going to, I almost said Sid. We're going to have HBK retain yeah. at Royal Rumble 93. Um, and uh, I'm not sure he's debuted yet, but it's going to be because he has a debuting bodyguard in Diesel. Yeah, Diesel is his insurance policy. So that leads us to the Royal Rumble match itself. I think the cracks are going to continue to deepen between the Million Dollar Corporation, and I could even see Sean being Sean and helping throw out the natural disasters. 
because uh, they're both in there. They're both huge men. They're going to be hard to get over. It's going to take multiple guys. And I could, you know, what we've known about Shawn Michaels in Royal Rumbles, that's not that, that's not out of the realm of possibility for Shawn Michaels. Right. He, I believe Shawn Michaels would eliminate his own mama in the Royal Rumble <laughs> if he if he could. And that's what makes yeah. him such a great character. Yeah. Um, so, lo and behold, it comes down, the Royal Rumble comes down to two guys. Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels now has just wrestled in an Intercontinental title match against, against, against Razor. So he's hung on in the, in the uh, Royal Rumble for quite a while. Uh, but Bret Hart gets the upper hand. Bret Hart throws him out. Bret Hart wins the 93 Royal Rumble. He heads to WrestleMania to main event against whoever is going to be the, the, the world champion. Uh, now, it was Yoko that won the original 93 Royal Rumble. Yeah. Uh, so, so we are, uh, so we're just going to push Yoko's run off a little bit. Uh, so we have Bret Hart winning, uh, and we come down to the, to the, uh, main event match. Hogan is so full of himself at this point. Okay. That, uh, he tells his guys, I don't need you. Yeah. Do you know who I am? I'm Hulk Hogan. I don't need you to win matches. And I dang sure don't need you to beat The Undertaker. And then you've already got the cracks, right? Because Shawn Michaels helped eliminate Earthquake or Typhoon in the the Royal Rumble. So they're already mad. There's already been some dissension. So so is Shawn Michaels the one not wanting to be a part of this anymore? Or is it them? Who knows? Uh, You know, and you got to look at the disasters, man. They've been used for six months now to basically do Hogan's dirty work. Yeah. You know, they've they have beat up all the people that have challenged Hogan. They've helped Hogan retain. They've done all this stuff for Hogan. Probably given up some individual and team accolades along the way for the betterment of Hulk Hogan. Uh because they knew that their paychecks depended on it. So uh Hogan, Undertaker. It's a typical Hogan Undertaker match. Um but Sean doesn't listen, okay? Sean comes down. He shoves Paul Bear down, grabs the urn. That's when the urn still had the power over the Undertaker, right? Undertaker uh, turns to go look to see uh, what's going on. Hogan clotheslines him, hits him with hits him with the leg drop. Hogan's going to win off the distraction from Shawn Michaels, where he took the urn. Uh, and uh, close the show. Hogan and Shawn Michaels in the ring. Natural disasters. Nowhere to be found. So those 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 cracks those cracks are those cracks are further deepened. Now we're finished up with the Royal Rumble '93. Bret Hart's the winner. We're hot and heavy on that road to WrestleMania. Uh, we got Hogan versus Bret Hart in the main event, and uh, along the way, we're going to see the natural disasters get fed up. They're done. Natural disasters turn on Hogan. Turn on Shawn Michaels. They lost their tag belts. They turn they turn face. Puts Jimmy Hart in a weird predicament. Does he go with his longtime friend Hogan? Does he go with the tag team that he's 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 managed for the last year? In the day, he he goes with Hogan. Right, because he, he wants that money. He, he he wants the money. And Jimmy Hart at his core is a heel manager. No doubt. I mean And one of the best. One of the best heel managers. 
So we come to uh, we 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 come to WrestleMania, and Hogan versus Bret Hart. Uh, in the undercard, we're going to have Shawn Michaels. He's going to lose the Intercontinental Title. He's dropping it to the bad guy, Razor Ramon. Uh, we're at uh, we're at Hogan, Bret Hart. Hogan's been the world champion now for a year. Uh, probably after a year of heel Hogan, it's probably run its course. It's time for it's 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 time for Hogan to go away for a little while. And at this point, I mean, Brett is starting to become a pretty good face at this point. He is. And, and, and you know, what what drastically helped Brett was the steroid scandal. Yeah. Uh, because prior to Brett, actually, I guess prior to Ric Flair becoming world champion and then Bret Hart, of course, Hogan, this big hulking man, he was just huge. Uh, so... The steroid scandal hit. Uh, he wanted to move away from the big guys. There's no better guy in the business at the time to put the world title on than Brett the Hitman Hart. Right. He'd paid his dues, come I mean, up through the ranks. He's the excellence of execution. Yeah. I mean, and and I will to this day. He you know he says he's the best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. I 100 percent believe it. One of my favorites. He's I mean so good. <laughs> I told a uh, friend of ours earlier. I told him that uh, Bret Hart was about as exciting as white bread. <laughs> and that sounds negative. And I don't mean it that way. But I, I love white bread. Right. White bread's good. Uh, and, and you know that, I mean, white bread's going to be the same every single time. Even if you switch brands. It's still white it's bread. It's still pretty much the same. And it, it's, it's bland, but... It's got a little bit of flavor to it, and it's going to be consistent. And it's going to work for everything. Yes. And I think that's Bret Hart. Yeah. Bret Hart is going to pull a 20-minute match out of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And that's, for Hulk Hogan, that is a long match. And carry every bit of it. He's going to make it seem like Hulk Hogan is beating him from the proverbial pillar to post. And he's going to be able to pull off all his Bret Hart moves. And you know where where it looks like he's just down and out. Where you know the you know the whip into the turnbuckle where he hits it chest first, and you're like it just caved his chest in, right? Um, and he's going to play to Hulk's strengths. And Brett, being Brett, isn't going to beat Hulk Hogan with a sharpshooter, right? He's going to beat him with a schoolboy or a kick flip pin combo thing, but. That doesn't that that really doesn't matter how he beats him. The end result is Brett beats Hogan. Uh, crowd erupts. Crowd erupts because we're now out of the reign of the evil Hogan. And we're at uh, Caesar's Palace, right? Caesar's Palace. Yeah. So I remember that everybody dressed up Bobby the Brain riding in on that uh, camel backwards. Camel. That was so funny. He was backwards so on it. He was so. He was so good. That was Jim Ross's first pay-per-view, too, by the way. Nice. A legend. A legend. So, that is, like I said, that was how I see Hulk Hogan if they would have turned him heel in 1992. That is the way that I could have seen it play out the next 15 months play out. 
uh, and he would be world champion from WrestleMania to WrestleMania. He would uh, get some allies along the way. He would destroy a lot of friendships along the way. He would put down the fans in, in every city that he was in. But he would make a lot of money. And it would be something completely different that the WWE, the WWF fans at the time had never seen. And when Bret Hart wins that match, he skyrockets. Skyrockets. I mean, white hot. White hot. Becomes white hot. Now, as we all know, in that WrestleMania of 93 at Caesars Palace, Bret Hart beats Yokozuna. Or I'm sorry, Yokozuna beats Bret Hart, who was world champion at that time. Hogan comes down and, and forces and his forces way. his way into another title reign, which that would have been a perfect opportunity too to turn him heel if right. you wanted to, you right. know. So because fans were not happy about that oh, at no. all, they were and and still not happy. It was right. uh, it was that ranks as one of the worst WrestleManias ever, and it's yeah. because of moments like that. Yeah, uh, you know, and I mean, and it took away from what was a Pretty good yeah. match between Bret Hart and Yokozuna. Yeah. Yo- Yoko just got tired. He did, and 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 Bret had to basically carry him through the and, second half. And of that Yoko match. was a big man to try to carry that far. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, man, I'm kind of pumped. I I, I think um, I think the story wrote itself. I think um, it did too, man. Uh, I mean, you did a great job on writing all the notes on that stuff. So, uh, I, I definitely like the way. Uh, that it turned out, uh, and I don't disagree with anything. I mean, I, I I could, I mean, that was WWF at that time, man. I mean, you could see all that. I mean, the factions happened. Ted DiBiase was involved in everything, um, you know. And Shawn Michaels, interchangeable part there. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, it could have been someone else. Um, I tell you why I went. I t- I went with Shawn there because he was he had just split from Marty Jannetty. Yeah, not too long ago. That was yeah. the that was the time as Bobby Heenan so wonderfully explained that Marty Jannetty jumped through the barbershop window <laughs> right. to get away from Shawn Michaels. Right, um, and he was a hot young up and coming heel yeah. that you knew in '92 Shawn Michaels was destined for great things. Right, and what a better way to put him on the main event stage than putting him with the Money Man, right, with Hulk Hogan, who who had just turned heel. Right. Yeah, no no doubt. No doubt. So, I mean, exciting stuff. I'm really proud that this was our first uh, topic that we did. I don't know that we'll ever have a topic better than this one. Oh, you I, know? I lo- listen, and I, I tell you all the time, when when Hogan turned heel in 96 at Bash at, Bash at the Beach, it ripped my Hulkamania heart out. Yeah. Still to this day, I can turn on Bash to the Beach '96, and I know it's going to happen. Yeah, and it still crushes me. Yeah, yeah. Because as a kid, I was so—I mean, because it wasn't the kids that were over Hogan, right? The kids still loved Hogan. It was the adults that were over Hogan, right? And as a kid, I when when he said, "And you fans can stick it, brother," I was like, he could have ripped my heart out and stomped it on the ground, (laughs) right? I was like. Hulk, what are you doing? Yeah. 
Because, I mean, nobody on this planet thought it was going to be Hulk Hogan that was going to be the third member of the Outsiders. No. no. Nobody. No. I mean, even Bobby Heenan himself said it when he was on there. You know, Hulk Hogan, you've screwed uh, WCW. Yeah. You know, and it's like, um, I mean, it's just, uh, it's crazy. Crazy to think back on, on all of that and and see how all that transpired. And like we said earlier in the show, if the WWF uses Hogan as a heel prior to him leaving, WCW cannot pull that off. I don't think so. Because I mean, it's already been done. Right. It, it's already been done. So that's Hogan becoming a heel right after the 92 Royal Rumble changes the face of wrestling history maybe forever. Right. Especially in Hogan's era, right? Definitely. So I think it's pretty impactful. I definitely think it's impactful. Um, And, you know, as pro wrestling fans, we have that emotion. We have, you know, that vested interest. Right. And when you have a performer, and there's not many better than Hulk Hogan. And if you listen to him now, tell stories. I know they did those bi- they did those biographies, and he was a part of a lot of them. There's not many wrestlers that are better storytellers than Hulk Hogan was. Oh, I I would definitely pay money to sit in a room and just listen to him talk. So you figure th- he got that emotion from people in '96 after he'd kind of run his course and he was in his second. What kind of emotion does he get from fans if he does it four years sooner with the company that made him Hulk Hogan? Right. Right. No doubt. No doubt. So what are we going to talk about next week? Man, here's... I'm thinking... What about the curtain call? Ooh. That's a big one. I mean, that's huge. That was the first time that... The curtain had been pulled back. Right. And that that kind of ties into our story that we're talking about today. I mean, kind of. It does. I mean, because know. if Hogan turns heel, maybe there's no curtain call. Right. But, you know, Hogan doesn't. There is a curtain call. But that also starts blurring the lines of, well, are they good guys? Are they bad guys? Wait, you mean these guys are friends outside of the ring? Well, that, no, that's not supposed to happen. That's not the way that's supposed to work. And then, if the curtain call doesn't happen, do we have Stone Cold Steve Austin? Right. Ooh, teaser for next week, right? So, something else we want to bring to you. Um, we're we're going to do like a little side gig type uh, podcast as well. It's going to be the corner-to-corner Mount Rushmore's. So... Every uh, Wednesday, we're going to drop one of these. Uh, it'll be a much shorter episode. Uh, just kind of a uh, pick of the hat type deal. We're going we're gonna to put some topics on a spinning wheel and just randomly pick a topic. And we're going to rank them our own Mount Rushmore's, right? So he'll have his, I'll have mine. Uh, just a little fun back and forth. Um, we're going to try to drop these uh, episodes every Saturday. And uh, we look forward to 
bringing you um, some exciting views on the history of pro wrestling. Uh, again, go out there, like us on Facebook, uh, shoot us a follow. You can message us there. You can email us at corner to corner PC at gmail.com. That's corner with the number two corner PC at gmail.com. Um, also, we want to just uh, thank everybody for the opportunity. Uh, go out there and uh, follow us on this. And uh, until next time, uh, I'm Sean Kuiper. I'm Neil Payne. And we'll see you later. Stay safe, friends. The MoCo Four Horsemen would like to thank you for listening to From Corner to Corner. Be sure to go out and follow us on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, Instagram, and even YouTube. Whatever podcast platform that you listen to us on, be sure to go out and give us a five-star review. Thanks as always, and we look forward to seeing you next week.